Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Now we are just moments away as Southampton look to win on enemy turf for the first time in 35 years. And McGillivray saved and Ings will have another good deflection. Southampton totally against the run of play, had the lead. It deflects, but it is Danny Ings. He flies back into his own half. The Southampton fan, Southampton player, on his knees. The 2,000 fans go mad away to our right. He looks to get Ings in. McGillivray can't get there before Ings. Who toes it past him beautifully? Right-footed. That was a great counter-attack in the end. The ball to Ings was perfect. The goalkeeper may have just hesitated a little. Ings gets his second. Saints double their lead. And it's Southampton boy on the double. Pompey nil. Saints two right on half-time. Saints. Might get it back in the box and it is 3-0. And would you believe it? It is Cedric, the unlikeliest of goal scorers, who's wrapped it up. The Portuguese international lashes it home from close range. Pompey nil, Saints three. They'd narrow it forward early into the centre circle. Redmond might chase his own pass here and down he's led him. And Redmond's bearing down on the box, cuts inside towards the D on his right foot and makes it 4-0. That's all his own work from Nathan Redmond. Saints four up at Fratton Park. That's the way to finish proceedings for those fans in the Milton end. The Saints fans celebrate. They've beaten Pompey 4-0. Their first win at Fratton Park since 1984. Thank you for listening to In That Number. I am your host, Ray Hunt. You can find me on Twitter at RayHunt84. My co-host, Kevin Milverton, 
at Moscow Mush. You can follow the show at Number Podcast. Subscribe, rate, review. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and if you would like to drop us a line, send us an email to InThatNumberPodcast at gmail.com. On with the show. Joining us this week is Freddie, host of The Ugly Inside, to discuss the trip to the losers up the road and then Saturday's defeat to Spurs. We're also going to address the next week's visit of Chelsea with our usual predictions. We've got the ITN News, Super 6 Fantasy Football, and Freddie will be the latest to try to beat Barry and Dan's joint score of six in the Matla quiz. Mm. But first, the one and only Moscow Mush, Kevin Milverton, who I'm pleased to say is sat right next to me. So this week... Instead of an insult, I'm going to give you a little bit of a hug. Aww. Yeah, bring it in, bring it in. Aww. Good to have you here, mate. I had a brilliant insult prepared as well. Oh, go on then, give me an insult, it's fine. All right, Ray, you crusty arsehole. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, thanks very much. Um, uh, how are you anyway? How's your week been in the UK? Um, yeah, it's, it's been, been brilliant. Um, we flew in on Saturday and we went up north. Uh, we went to Alton Towers on a wet Sunday, which is best time I think to visit because there's practically no one around and we went on all the rides at least once and we went up to Manchester and stayed there for a day or two and then came down south and uh, spent a lot of time with family and of course yeah everything leading up to a big event a wedding which was yesterday which uh, all went beautifully to plan and there was even a bit of the famous Southampton sunshine uh, rearing its head uh, <laughs> just in time for the ceremony so yeah, everything's been going brilliantly, and of course, uh, yeah, podcast is my little swan song on the way out. And you're flying back tomorrow. Tomorrow, yeah. Okay, well now let's bring in the star of the show this week, uh, Freddie from the Ugly Inside. Hello, Freddie. How are you? Hello, not too bad. Sunday, uh, and a, a lovely little session pearl I've got in my hand right now. Oh, nice, <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> Loving it. It wouldn't be the ugly inside for that one. <laughs> new, new ale on the go. Which one's this time? Uh, what is this time is actually I picked up a, a box from Beer Fifty Two uh, last week. All the, you can buy your own sort of beer online and that. And actually, our friends John on the Saints FC podcast have got a, a, a deal on uh, if you go Beer Fifty Two dot com slash Saints. But uh, what I've got right now is a Scaramanga, a Session Pale Scaramanga. Yeah, wow. Scaramanga by the Gun Brewery. Oh, I'm guessing this is like the man with the golden gun kind of thing. Uh, I think so. It's also vegan. I'm not a vegan, but I'm all oh, for wow. it. So, yeah. it's really nice, to be honest, 3.9, really nice sort of Sunday session pale ale, guess refreshing. Nice. Um, how have you been celebrating Tuesday's win? Oh, uh, the, uh, obviously, the, the gloating, uh, where I sort of work in the middle of, sort of, between Southampton and Portsmouth, uh, we're mostly outnumbered, so I spent most of my Wednesday morning just winding up my colleagues. Yes. <laughs> You had a similar situation at your work, didn't you? Well, no, because I haven't been at work. But, I mean, two of, two of my bosses are um, Pompey fans, but I've had the, the, um, the rest of the week off because you've been back here. Um, and I'm not going back till tomorrow, so I, it will be um, it'll be the day of gloating for me. <laughs> it could be many years of gloating ahead of you. Yeah, you never want to let them forget about this one. Another seven years, in fact, probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I must say that Ray is looking very stylish today. Um, <laughs> yeah, I hear distressed jackets are uh, in fashion. This uh, very good, very good. <laughs> um, we'll go into your accounts of the, the trip to Portsmouth in a bit, but first we're going to go into the ITN news. With the massive 4-0 win over Pompey, we have earned a fourth round trip to defending champions Man City. 
So the Premier League champions, FA Cup winners, and all the other trophies they've collated in recent years. Uh, that means we play them twice in, what's it, five, four, five days? Um, so we've got the game on the, in the Cup on Tuesday the 29th of October at the Etihad, and then the league game is on Saturday the 2nd, also at the Etihad. So that's going to be a it's going to be a fun week. <laughs> um, how are we feeling about this one, Freddie? Uh, well, I mean, to be honest, uh, obviously, the, on paper, it looks like probably the, the hardest possible draw, Manchester City. I think they won the Carabao Cup last season. I think they did. I'm sure they did. Four, they did, yeah. Four trophies, I think it were. But it could also be a blessing in disguise because uh, the week that we sort of play them is sandwiched right in between sort of two Champions League fixtures and a, and a key kind of Premier League game after our weekend, I believe. So it could could well be on the cards for a little bit of a cup set. Um, obviously, we got there as underdogs, and I'm pretty sure uh, Pep Guardiola will field his second sort of rotated side or his third rotated side, if you like. Um, so I think he'll, he'll mostly be looking at the Champions League and I think the, pr- the Premier League the week- weekend after. And we all saw what happened to Spurs uh, okay. during the week. Yeah. If you write off the cup, so anything's possible, mm. I think. Yeah, that has made me feel a little bit better about it, actually. So maybe we can have a bit more of a cut run. I think that'll be quarterfinals if we do that as well. Yeah, and I think you have to look at it as well that if we beat Manchester City, the draw then opens up for us because you've got sort of Arsenal, Liverpool, Chelsea versus Man United, and you sort of you've got a couple of League One and League Two uh, sides left in the yeah, hat. That's right. Yeah. And that'll be yeah. that'll be the quarterfinals. Yeah. Wembley, here we come. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Slightly more somber news: there was a, a Thanksgiving service for Leon Crouch this week in Leamington. And uh, over 700 people turned up for that. And there were various uh, Saints uh, players and managers that, that, that turned up for it. Um, yeah, uh, Chen and Nigel Pearson. Um, yeah, so, uh, so yeah, nice, nice tribute there. Yeah, that was good. Um, actually, I want to ask you about this one, Fred, to see if you've heard. Um, the Moose Genepo injury. Uh, it's been ruled out for a little bit longer than we first thought, and I, I read a report saying it could be like tendon damage. Yeah, it's, it's a sort of worrying really that he's only sort of played three games in his Southampton career so far, and mostly been out on the sidelines with muscle injuries. So I don't know whether it's sort of a a thing that happens behind the scenes at Southampton because we seem, we seem to get a lot of these. You know, look at Michael Obafemi, sort of explosive player, but so many uh, injuries in sort of a two-year career whilst he's been here, 19, 20 years old, and Jennifer's a similar age, you know, sort of explosive player. So I don't know whether it's something we're doing in training, overworking them. I don't know, sort of of too strong kind of training methods or maybe the coach is asking too much of him. But um, I think we've got to almost... Too young. Yeah, we almost got a sort of, um, as the the famous Airborne uh, song, Too Much Too Young. Um, New Zealand. Australian band, New Zealand band. New Zealand. We digress. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Gineppo, it seems like we've sort of got to wrap him in cotton wool, it seems. And um, if we sort of have Buffal, Redmond, and Gineppo all fit and firing, then, you know, it could be a formidable trio. Yeah, I just hope that he's not going to be bogged down with this injury throughout his career. I think I said that on last week's show that I'm hoping this muscle injury is just that one thing and it's just like you know, keep on niggling away and hopefully it just that will be the end of it once he's fully fit. Yeah, and we have to sort of kind of uh, keep an eye on his fitness, really. Uh, it, it kind of, it's quite worrying is that we've only sort of played seven games. There's missed three of them with injury. Um, we didn't see too much of that, uh, sort of, I guess, if you like, reports of him having too many muscle injuries in Belgium. Yeah, no, so maybe it's right, something yeah. that he's trying, trying to adjust to the English game, whether it's the physicality or whether it is, the, as I say, the sort of the coach that asks too much mm. of him. Um, 
yeah, another another Saints player uh, who's been on our radars this week is Wesley Hoot, who apparently regrets his move to Saints. Um, he said that. I mean, is, is it worth mentioning him anymore? Oh, I, I mean, I think it's worth mentioning the fact that he, yeah, he did say that he, he made a mistake signing for Southampton because he had a five-year deal at Lazio. Um, and then after two years, Saints came in um, and he saw it as a chance, you know, playing the Premier League and possibly replace Virgil van Dijk. Um, but I don't know. Do you think this is it for him now that he's gone public with this, saying that it was a mistake? Is there any way back for him? Do you really think that he was going to set the Serie A on fire? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Where's he gone now? He's gone to Belgium, hasn't yeah, he's, he's at Antwerp. Uh, Antwerp, that's the one. I mean, he burnt most of his bridges uh, around January of this year when he sort of removed all of his uh, information about Southampton Football Club in his profiles on Instagram, etc. But um, he's a grown man. He's a you know uh, an experienced sort of. Uh, player, he can make his own decisions. So whether he he says sort of I, I regret uh, making this decision, it's it maybe comes down to his poor decision making, or could even sort of point the finger at the director of football at times to try and to protect our assets, and we're sort of thinking too much of this player. But I mean, he did also say that Hasenhut was not giving him a fair chance. I disagree. I do think he was given a chance. More than a fair chance. Yeah, and he had his chances under Mark Hughes as well. So. You know, I'm I'm okay with him to be gone. I know that a lot of people are saying, yeah, give him a chance to have him back, but I'm I'm done with him to be honest. I think we've got enough at the club right now that we don't need to even consider him. Yeah, I'd say so. I think we've probably we've probably got enough competition and probably better quality of sort of defenders that are available in the the team right now. And uh, I mean, I, I would argue that perhaps we we should have given him more of a chance. He played a few games in pre-season. He looked sort of looked like he sort of left his attitude at the door, sort of similar to what happened with Buffal. Uh, and who's Cedric. the other one? Uh, who went? Cedric, that's the one. Uh, let they change their attitude in the summer. So whether he hasn't sort of uh, impressed Ralph or he's still got an attitude problem, I don't know. It remains to be seen. Yeah. Okay. Um. One more thing. I just wanted to talk to you about Danny Mills. I mean, you must have heard his. Um. He named 33 derbies bigger than the South Coast derby. Did you hear this, Kev? Um. Yeah, I did hear that. Um. <laughs> I'm, I'm obviously incensed. Um. So. As an answer to that, this is our definitive guide to commentators that are better than <laughs> Danny Mills. <laughs> Gary Lineker, Ian Wright, Jermaine Genus, Jackie Oatley, Jackie Stewart, Jackie Chan, Alan Shearer, Alan Smith, <laughs> Brazil, Alan Partridge, Danny Murphy, Danny Dyer, Danny DeVito, Gary Neville, Jose Mourinho, Jamie Carragher, Martin Tyler, Ed Chamberlain, Des Lynham. Jimmy Hill, Graham Hill, Graham Souness, Graham Potter, Michael Owen, <laughs> Owen Hargraves, Jimmy Greaves, Steve McManaman, Steve McLaren, Bruce McLaren, Malcolm McLaren, and Mickey fucking Mouse. That is close on. Brilliant. Um, that's, uh, that's amazing, that's Kev. That's 33 for you. Yeah, that's 33. <laughs> we, we, you know, we could keep going. It's endless. Um, anyway, speaking of Pompey, let's go into the game. So, Tuesday night, what what a win Tuesday night was. I was actually watching it with you, Kev, at Gasworks at the stadium. Um, 4-0, uh, incredible. Um, we could have just done a whole podcast on this one, couldn't we? Could possibly, I, I was yeah. tempted. Um, Love to pick Freddie's but, brains. But yeah, exactly. Freddie, you were there. So, um, can you tell yep. us, like, you know, your accounts of the game, like starting with the journey, like, how did that go? I mean, to be fair, uh, I was there quite early, so I missed all the all the sort of hassle and, and, and bother coming 
going in and around the ground. I got I actually got there quite early, about six o'clock. I went straight after work. I wasn't in any any colours. So I had about an hour personally to kind of waste before I even got into the, the away end. So mooched around a bit, walked down Goldsmith Avenue, no bother for me. Um, even fa- even got myself a McDonald's. Nice. Sat there, you know, took That's my time. Cool. And if, yeah, you know. Obviously, there was no way, no place to drink. I mean, I probably could have got away with it to some extent, as you know, sort of. Uh, but I don't know if they were checking tickets on pub doors, but who knows? Uh, so I had time to sit around, read a program, have some McDonald's, have some lunch, then I walked around to the away end, and the, the coaches were just arriving around Do seven you know, o'clock. On my way back from the so, stadium, Kev, I didn't think I told you this, but I went, I got a bus home. So I went on the Itchen Bridge, got a bus, and there was a couple of lads that actually were stewarding at Fran. Hmm. And I said, oh, how did it go? Did you have any trouble? He said, apparently, there was a train that was delayed. And a couple of people got, like, yeah. a couple of, or a few fans got bottled. He said there was fans going into the stadium mm. with cuts and blood running all down their face. And they oh. didn't even realise. They were just walking into the stadium. And the medics on the, on the door were like, oh, my God, you've got a massive cut. You're bleeding. And they were like, oh, have I? <laughs> and they didn't even realise. So um, I, I'm, I was just, I was actually reaching out to a few fans that I knew were travelling to the stadium. And I was just making sure they were all okay. So... Yeah, pleased that you got there early. You did the sensible thing. Yeah, so I also want to lift the lid on a couple of things as well. I mean, I didn't see anybody sort of get cut or sent home in an ambulance as the sort of banner was doing its rounds around the football ground and around on the social media pages. But um, as for the sort of uh, police escorts, no matter which way you turn, there was a a police van, a riot van, you know, dogs, armed sort of uh, police escort, police officers, from all around the UK, in fact, I think we saw some uh, officers from Kent, from Sussex, Surrey, you know, so there was a, a huge investment in taxpayers' money um, on Tuesday night, so a lot of money spent on it. Perhaps if we went for a full bubble trip, then that would the expense would have been a hell of a lot cheaper for, you know, taxpayers and local residents, uh, but uh, the, I think I've got to give credit to yeah, the police uh, force on Tuesday the, the strategy that they employed, in fact, that I saw, you know, sort of hardly any trouble, sort of. I mean, there was kind of, yeah, I mean, that was yeah, after yeah. the game. I mean, who goes around <laughs> punching horses? You wouldn't expect anything more or less yeah. than, uh, than Portsmouth fans anyway, right? Yeah. Uh, but as the, as the fans were coming through the, uh, from the train station on, on Goldsmith Avenue into Fratton Park, there was a great big sort of police barrier, police cars separating the two uh, sets of fans. And, uh, I mean, the train itself, that football special, was delayed. Uh, due to a number of things, it wasn't just kind of uh, somebody sort of saying uh, the police wanted it to be late, to be delayed, but um, even when leaving work, getting into Fratton quite early, I was still delayed by 20, 30 minutes because of signalling issues in this Hilsey area on the train line. So that delayed the football special train by at least half an hour, 45 minutes. I also hear that people were fighting on carriages, thanks to that fans amongst oh themselves. God. So the only fans that are on the train were the Southampton uh, fans from Southampton Central going into Fratton. I don't think there would have been any Portsmouth no, no, brave no. enough to get on the train from Southampton unless they're really looking for a fight sort of thing. Um, and I also hear that people were pulling the doors open, so the electrics, the electrics were sort of going haywire, so they had to reset the electrics in the, in the train and that delayed it by another 15, 20 minutes whilst it kind of delays. And I know, uh, and ordinarily it would have only t- sort of taken half an hour to get from Southampton to Fratton, but because of all these issues, it delayed a lot of people, almost sort of 400, 500 people getting into the game late by about 20 yeah, minutes. That won't do. And then as, as, as for after the game, well, crikey, yeah, you've seen the, um, the horse incident, um, but I've got to say, maybe the, the police weren't fooling around uh, with <laughs> no, that, they, with that they guy. Give him a- 
Did you not think he was going to get caught up? I don't know. He was trying to outrun it. Just like, I can beat you, mate. (laughs) Sorry, right. Okay, good luck with that. It's comedy. Um, But anyway, I don't know if you heard, but we won 4-0. Oh, yes. Yes. Football. <laughs> uh, two goals from Ings, <laughs> Cedric, Redmond. Um, starting 11, McCarthy, Cedric, Bednarik, Yoshida, Bertrand, Hoiberg, Romeu, Ward-Prowse, Ings, Adams and Obafemi. You've got to be pleased with that, right? Yeah, we only yeah, it's... couldn't really think of a much stronger line-up than that. No. Um, I'm sure starting Redmond, but I mean, obviously still recovering from that injury. But yeah, that definitely filled us with confidence because... Um, Maybe we were worried uh, that he wouldn't take Pompey too seriously, and there'd be. I thought they were more worried about Tottenham, to be honest. Well, yeah, and as as it's turned out, I mean, they put full strength squads out for for both of those games, so and the Bournemouth game before it as mm. well. Um, but yeah, definitely, uh, definitely put the put the right squad out, and uh, um, yeah, I mean, any any anyone in particular that you're pleased to be seeing Obafemi back in the. Obafemi was probably the only sort of question mark over the 11 that was selected. I think the rest of them is pretty straight, pretty uh, strong characters to uh, go into that environment. And I think for the first 20 minutes, we almost, I felt like uh, they looked a bit nervous. They were sort of buckling under the, the hostility. Uh, Obafemi, give him credit though, good game. You know, fantastic sort of assist for Danny Ings' second. And, um, you know, I think if we talk about the game itself, uh, Portsmouth have had their, their chances in the first 20 minutes. They could have easily been one or two up, you know, had it not been for a save by McCarthy mm. and a sort of goal mouth scramble. Uh, but then, as soon as we got that goal, our nerves settled and we kind of, uh, you know, sort of uh, settled down into the game and, and took control. Um, do you think the reason for the slow start was just down to nerves, or was there anything else? I think you, you've, got, you've got to look at that. Um, you know, at every given opportunity. The uh, frightened, uh, toothless, faithful uh, <laughs> were giving giving the scammers uh, a lot of abuse and stick on the sidelines. Uh, so maybe that's that's perhaps why you didn't see sort of Cedric go collect the ball often, and same for Bednarak as well. Uh, but as soon as we got that goal, we settled everybody down, shushed the home support to some extent, and I think it was a professional performance. Things just waiting for those uh, delayed. Saints fans to come into the stadium before. <laughs> Maybe that's what it was. Yeah. It was almost. Yeah, it was. It was almost right on cue. Give you a head start. Uh, yeah. Sort of when, <laughs> when the ball hit the back of the net, I think a lot of them literally just found their seats. Perfect, perfect timing. Um, Kev, do you want to do you want to talk us through the the first goal, second goal? Um, well, yeah. I mean, um, Ings brace um, in for <clears throat> the first time. I mean, he he was um, immense. Um, I say we were a bit slow off the blocks, and there were a few worrying opportunities. Um, but I think McCarthy definitely held his own there. Um, but yeah, that that first shot of things, um, Farsi manages to get the rebound back back to him, and yeah, just turns and Very good delivers a nice little shot into the bottom corner from the edge of the area. And yeah, I mean. We went pretty wild. I think. We did, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, think, I think I've actually got a video of me kissing you. <laughs> um, I think you might need to. Yeah, I haven't put that out. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> um, the second goal is it, as um, Freddie said about Oberfemi with that pass. Really, really nice weighted pass, and then nice little chip. But he took both those goals really well. The third goal. That's that's the joke. Pompey defensively was. I mean, what the hell is Cedric doing up there? He's like a left wing position. 
just let him walk into the box. I mean, I mean, were they done at that point? Were they just not even trying? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, Cedric, what's he doing there in the first place? You know, as you say, uh, he's been in that position before, though. He got that position sort of. He's come up with these occasional uh, cup goals. I mean, I remember going to Wigan and he scored that fantastic goal to send us yeah. to the semi-finals two years ago. What's he doing there? Has he got a nosebleed or something? <laughs> uh, but it was a toe punt of all toe punts, you know. Uh, and I've got to give credit to Danny yeah, Ings as well. The, the work off the, sort of on the ball there, to get it to the byline line, to knock it sort of through, a little bit fortuitous, through the legs of the defender. So it there, punts it into the back of the net. We go mad in the away end. And I've got to highlight Danny Ings' performance as well. His off-the-ball work Brilliant, was excellent. Yeah. You know, that fantastic sort of little turn for the first goal. Uh, uh, you know, a, a composed little dink over the goalkeeper. A real sort of top-class performance from the lad uh, who, of course, grew up down the road in Netley and to slide on his knees to yes. give it the big one back to the fratten end, that would go down as sort of almost legendary status. Um, but the fourth one, probably the best of the lot, I think. And I remember saying mm. to you, Kev, that, I don't know, when was it that um, Redmond came on? Um, but I was just like thinking, OK, we're 3-0 up. We don't need to bring Nathan Redmond on. Let's just rest him for, for Tottenham. There's no need to bring him. He comes on and he, and he does that. And I'm like, yeah, there's, there's me saying we don't want him. And uh, he comes on and does that. Brilliant. Yeah, I mean, you just wanted a piece of the action for the last uh, 20 minutes. But yeah, what a goal. Just dances around the pumpy defence. And absolute beauty of a shot. Yeah, brilliant. Um, I guess in some ways it was kind of like the opposite of the Bournemouth game in the fact that we converted our chances and... Pompey didn't. It was kind mm. of like, yeah, reverse of that. But um, Freddie, I want to hear what you what do you think about Cedric? Like, as, you know, especially over these last couple of weeks, like, you know, pushing Valerie out of the squad. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, sort of w- there was question marks over his uh, attitude and his commitment, I guess, at the start of the season. But Ralph's given him a chance. I don't know what's happened to Jan Valerie. I think he's maybe insulted Ralph's mother or something. <laughs> maybe that's not. Uh, maybe that's why he's not in the starting eleven. Because I think if you had you asked anybody at the start of the season, name our strongest eleven, Cedric would be on the bench. Yeah. Valerie, you know, breakthrough season last season. Don't know what he's done to upset Ralph, but Cedric offers probably a little bit more than than Jan Valerie going forward in terms of sort of a rounded uh, sort of uh, sort of quality, if you like. So I think he probably offers a bit more defensive duties, a bit more dis- defensive experience, and that comes with winning European Championship, playing at the top level. So he's got his head down. His comeback. After the summer, left his attitude at the door, you know, come back sort of a reborn kind of player, willing to play for the team. You know, it looks like he's he's working, he's, he's, he's got a good relationship back with his teammates, which is great to see. And he almost sort of beca- has become, in the last two or three weeks, with some really good performances, almost uh, one of the first names on the team sheet. Um, how would you rate uh, Obafemi and Adams' performances? Yeah, Jay, Jay, I should say. Uh, it's not Shay, isn't Shay Guevara? Uh, Shay, 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 Shay Adams. Shay's goal will come. Um, I think he looked. Uh, he was getting himself in, into good positions. Quite unlucky, I guess. If we highlight the game at Sheffield United two weeks ago, hitting the post, great save denied. Uh, his sort of first goal uh, didn't sort of. Uh, cover himself in glory too much at Portsmouth but we saw, this was a sort of game that we wanted him to relish in because he's been play, he, plays, he has played at that level in League One and sort of championship that kind of brutality the strength from uh, and kind of you'd expect to be kicked by League One defenders uh, so he didn't sort of cover himself in glory but I think as I say the, the, the goal will come uh, and Michael Obafemi uh, impact player I think 
uh, if you maybe bring him off the bench for the last sort of 10, 15 minutes, he's a sort of a, a game a player that will stretch the game. Really surprised to sort of see him in the starting lineup, as you said a minute ago, but done himself uh, a couple of favours with that fantastic sort of uh, uh, team uh, splitting kind of pass, uh, something that Kevin De Bruyne would have been proud of. Um, speaking of Shea in particular, I mean, I said to you, Kev, at the start of the season that I we have to give him time. That I, that there's no there's no mm. rush with him. But at what point do we start panicking that he's not working out? He's had a lot of time. He, he has had time. And, and I mean, he wasn't even included in the team yesterday, which we'll get to. But at what point do we start panicking and say, right, OK, this is probably not, not working out? Oh, that's a very difficult question, isn't it? Mm. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I think <laughs> when's, when is the patience going to run out? Maybe it already has. Well, he's, he's he's had all the chances, I think, in various situations. Yeah, and Pompey should have been a game that he, he should have relished. But then, having said that, he gets the goal. That would be wonders for him. I don't, you know, I mean, can we afford goal. to wait? You just need that goal. Well, I'm not doing too bad. I think he might be warming warming the bench for the next few matches and possibly brought in to try and score that goal. Um, uh, Freddie, man of the match. Obvious one. Uh, Tuesday. Yeah. Tuesday's got to be Danny Ings, isn't it? Who, who else would you would you nominate uh, in that sort of performance? Two goals, fan, a, a good assist, and a legendary knee slide in front yeah, of the Fratnens. What do you want? Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. Danny Ings, yeah. The goals, the assists, running all over the place, dropping back, always puts a shift in. And, you know, two brilliant mm. goals, two really well-taken goals as well. And for a local lad, I think, mm. yeah, that was definitely... He's put himself into the annals of history. Mm. Thanks, so legend. Same with you, then? Oh, yeah. No, I thought you'd have to be a complete idiot to argue. Okay. Okay. Right, and then we go to the despair of yesterday, Tottenham. I mean, we were at the wedding yesterday, and you brought up the point, when I, mean, I did read this in the weekend, but you said that we could set the record for consecutive away clean sheets if we don't concede um, before 25 minutes. And, of course, Dombele... 24 minutes. Yeah, yeah. When I when I I think it was the echo that put out. Must have been sort of a quiet news thing. Yeah, I did read that. Yeah. Yeah, 38-year-old record of 400 uh, minutes without conceding away. Um, Exact word. If yeah, if they keep keep it out against Spurs in the first 25 minutes. So yeah, when did Tottenham score? 24. 24th minute. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Right. Okay. So two-one. Ings again, third of the week, uh, and goals from Ndombele and Kane for Spurs. Um, starting 11, I'll just run through quickly. Um, Gunn, Bednarek, Yoshida, Vestergaard, James Ward-Prowse, Romeo, Hoiberg, Bertrand, Redmond, Ings, Buffal. Kind of looked like that three at the back again, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, Yoshida and Ings got a deserved start from their midweek performances against against Pompey. Um, Adam's not in the starting lineup or on the bench. Okay, so... Freddie, yeah, your thoughts on the starting lineup? Uh, well, I mean, we have to raise the point that Cedric was also injured Sorry, in the yeah. warm-up. That's yeah. why, uh, that's why he wasn't uh, sort of playing at three o'clock. Um, not sure what happened there. I haven't read anything about sort of why it's happened. I'm sure um, one of the local journalists will be able to raise some light on that. But it, it completely changed our shape. I think we were ready but, to line up at four or two. It didn't need to. Change. I mean, why didn't he just put Valerie in? Yeah, I know. And strange. From what um, I've read this morning, yeah. um, apparently Cedric doesn't didn't even have an injury. He just wasn't ready for the match. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> so it's a, another weird one. 
I mean, you'd think that he they, goes at the door, yeah. He, yeah, well, he could, he could, uh, mm-hmm. he could sit on the bench, but yeah, we had, to, we had just six on the bench. For the yeah. Thing. So anyway, carry on. Sorry, Freddie. Sorry to interrupt. Uh, that's interesting because there was me saying five minutes ago. Yeah, Cedric looks like a reborn yeah. player, completely different attitude. And if if we can believe that sort of statement, then it really raises question marks over his commitment once again. Uh, but I think with the Vestergaard change, really strange decision not to put Valerie on the field. It completely changed our shape, and it could be said that Vestergaard was perhaps at fault, uh, you know, sort of uh, in the wrong position, not tracking back or following the, the forward for one of their goals. Completely changed our shape, and then we had to play a makeshift sort of uh, left-back, uh, not left-back, uh, sort of right-back mm. uh, with Ward-Prowse almost acting as a wing-back once again. Yeah, it's not right for him, because I, mean, I don't really think he can track back very well, but yeah. Just, just odd all round, like something's going on with Valerie. And here's the thing as well. Uh, I mean, they, obviously Pochettino was clued up to that. He, uh, he must have been aware that Cedric was due to start. And then they targeted that left-hand side, uh, you know, that, especially that sort of second goal. Uh, the first goal, in fact, sort of the ball comes over, Son cuts it back, gets on the wrong side of War Prowse or a defender, pulls it back to Ndombele, who's quite easily. And then it goes through arms, uh, Angus Gunn's arms, sort of uh, standing there like a Sabutio mm. statue, you know? Yeah, I was going to ask you about Gunn. I mean, I've got here, do you think he was at fault? And I've said it to you, like, off affair, like, I, I'm, not, I'm not a fan. I, I'm sorry, I'm just not convinced with him. I'm much more of a McCarthy fan, and it's things like this that he should mm. be doing. The centre of the goal, through his hands, that's a goalkeeper's bread and butter. He should be saving those. So, yeah, mm. I'm, not, I'm, I'm still not convinced with Angus Gunn. Yeah, all he has to do is just lift an arm up. And I mean, I, I, I watched the goal back three or four times to make sure that he wasn't unsighted, but it wasn't. No. And mm. it wasn't as if it wasn't coming, because, I mean, Ndombele had a chance like that, exactly the same, like minutes before. Five minutes before, yeah. And they didn't learn from it, and he, it wasn't as if it, you knew it was coming. And he still didn't deal with it. And that, you know, lots of question marks on him. It almost kind of raises the issue that we're, we're almost light in defence once again. We're still lacking a leader, you know. Uh, no one's sort of taken the leadership and say, close down that man, mark this man, do this, put your foot in, you know, be braver. We've been, we've been missing that sort of leadership since Jose Font left yeah. and sort of Virgil van Dijk left. So, you know, Danso isn't the finished article. He was on the bench also yesterday, didn't come on. Still 20 years old, still a lot to learn. Um, so, still question marks over that uh, sort of area of the pitch. Um, moving on to the Aurier red card. Well, the two yellows. Um, first one, no, no doubt. Stupid, stupid tackle. Um, the second one, I think Spurs were claiming that the ball went out of play. Yeah, it was on that byline, wasn't it? Sort of Hoiberg kind of kept it in. Um, it, I, I watched the highlights back this morning on Match of the Day, and sort of Harry Winkster has made a, a, a sort of unprofessional kind of mistake here. It, it's it's one of the first rules on the field: play to the whistle. Harry Winks sort of stops, turns around, waves at the referee. Go, the ball's gone out, gone out of play, and, and credit to Saints, they've played on without the whistle, uh, and then in the end we get sort of Warrior sent off. Um, a little bit. Soft, maybe. Mm. Bertrand almost looks like it's gone down a little bit yeah. too easily, and he has done that a few times before. Yeah, I, I, I said to you, we were just watching the highlights back as well. That was it was not really much in that second yellow. Very light, yeah. But I mean, who cares? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that gives us um, a massive advantage that um, we didn't really fully take. Um, yeah, an hour with an advantage, and I mean. And then Kev, the the Ings goal. I mean, it's just, uh, yeah, Hugo Lloris making a tip himself. <laughs> I mean, this is, he, is, is he being 
reading or watch, watching Arthur Boritz's highlight <laughs> reel. Just trying to uh. Christ turn Dan Yings under pressure. It doesn't even get his foot to it. But yeah, Yings, I mean, fair play to him. He, he, yeah, he's, I mean, he's, you need that kind of player. You can sniff a goal. Well, he shows the desire to chase down a lost course mm. and he showed it again mm. there. So yeah, fair play to him. But yeah, there's a lot of people that all there. They're always going to focus on that Larice error, but Ings like bang straight down. Straight yeah, down I mean, you can sense that he's a little bit uneasy when when he's um, teeing up the um, the goal kick, um, sorry, shot from goal, but and just charges him down and yeah, really manages to, to nerve him out. So yeah. Um, and then okay, so you got the equaliser, and then we let it slip straight away, pretty much. The, I mean, Freddie, can you uh, can you talk us through the second Spurs goal? I guess it was almost a lack of leadership once again. Uh, the ball comes over, and that's what Kev touched on there. We we should have been taking advantage of the extra man at this point. Uh, Kane with a sort of uh, trademark kind of Kane finished, fired in the bottom corner. Gum got nowhere near it. And again, it's almost a case that we've gone, they've targeted that, that right back position. Kane gets it into a good area, and nothing could be done in, in that way. Uh, and I think if you look at the second half, we, we had a lot of possession, but we weren't potent enough. We didn't have that finished sort of uh, that final ball. We weren't uh, clinical enough. Let's uh, I think we uh, almost exactly what we did with Bournemouth. We dominated every other statistic apart from the scoreline. I think I was reading uh, reading an article this morning actually, and it said about that Saints are missing that creative midfielder, and in situations like this, saying that Hoiberg and Romeo were very very similar, um, and they haven't mm. got the drive to ping the ball forward or create anything from the middle of the park, they just spray it out wide and it's never going to work that way. So in situations like that, when you're, you know, you're one, nil, well, you're one goal down, you, you've got ten men, you really need to be taking advantage of it. And maybe that's what we, we're missing, another, well, I say another, a creative midfielder. Well, I mean, you'd hope that Prowse would be that kind of player. But, I mean, but he's not going to be, but he's playing out wide. Not, um, yeah, it's right wing. Mm. Yeah, it's... It's difficult for him to uh, influence the game from that position. Exactly, um, and I'm also hearing a lot of talk amongst like the Saints community on social media. They're giving a lot of sticks to Ralph Hasenhill for the for the subs. Not one, notably like the timing of them. Um, a lot of people were mm. saying that he should have been bring, bringing a lot of you know players on earlier. That could have made a made a difference. I mean, I know you would have liked to have seen Shane Long come on, Kev. Oh, yeah, I mean, he did against Bumping. You know, I was just will, willing him on to score. But he he just didn't come on early enough. Um, yeah, I mean, Shane always is always the player that comes on in injury time. Um, yeah, just just to to grind down the time. But and Armstrong always seems yeah. to be substituted on. It's just too late for them to make an impact. Yeah, what the score is, what the tempo of the game is. Uh, Armstrong will come in 15 minutes from time. Um, I think I think Ralph was also a little bit overly critical of his of his. Uh, substitutions. I think perhaps if they were introduced a little bit earlier, but I think as you say, they were introduced too late for them to actually have an influence on the game. I think he said in his press interview or his interview with the Premier League or SurroundsMFC.com that uh, he wasn't impressed by their their influence. Um, I mean, you got to you got to maybe question that decision. But for those that are sort of questioning Ralph's ability, I mean, we've not had a, a great. We've had. This is the first time in almost three seasons we've had this fantastic manager, so give him time. But, you know, uh, I think what he's doing at the moment is still, he doesn't understand his first, his strongest team. He keeps tinkering with sort of players in, in wrong positions, playing, uh, you know, sort of out of favour, and then maybe introducing the players at the wrong time. I think he's a good in-game tactician, but perhaps questions over 
sort of where the players are, are playing on the pitch. I mean, quite quite frankly, I, the fans that are saying that he needs to go is just a joke. Absolutely. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of people saying that, you know, tactically he's getting everything wrong and calling for his head already, but it's just, it is ridiculous. I don't want to hear that. Pass the hoot out. Yeah, in. I think... Well, now, I mean, who do you get in anyway? <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, I love Ralph. I think he's amazing and I want to keep him at this club for many years, so people that are saying that, they can fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I think that's what, that's what you call the modern-day bed rail, right? <laughs> yes. Okay, so man of the match, Freddie. Uh, difficult one for Saints. Uh, you've got to give credit to Danny Ings once again. And I'm livid, actually, because I benched him on my bloody <laughs> fantasy team. I'm, I've had an absolute stinker this Me week. Me too, mate. Me too. Uh, <laughs> Danny's on the bench. He scores nine points. One of the uh, in the dream team of the week so far until the sort of this afternoon when Leicester and Newcastle play. Um, who else could you Do give you know, it I to, really? I saw the Sky um, ratings of Ings and they gave him a five. Mm. Really? Yeah, I'm, I said to you, didn't I, before we went on, I said I, I think they're being really, really harsh on Danny. That's ridiculous. I thought it was wrong. But yeah, so you're going to give it to Danny Ings? Yeah, I guess who else should you give it to? I mean, he's, he scored the goal, he's had an influence on the game, but uh, almost a little bit isolated up top, uh, often on his own. Perhaps Shea could have could have been playing yesterday to, to help him out a little bit, change our shape. But we, we held the ball quite well, quite confident to knock it around the, the field, but nothing in that final third. Yeah. Uh, Can I go go against things? You know, I mean, I th- I think it's good to see Yoshida back in the lineup. Um, I, I think I think he looks a bit more comfortable, mm. um, and he had a decent chance with that header in the second half. But I'm going to have to give mm. it to Ings as well. I think maybe I've still got my red and white tinted spectacles on after the derby. But I mean, lovely poached goal. Um, had a, had a few chances. Didn't get to that cross at the end at the death. Um, oh yeah, could have banged it, banged in the equaliser. Yeah, that, yeah. that could have turned it around completely. But yeah, I, th- I think I think he's the player that came out best. Of well, yeah, I mean, I've got Ings written down. I got Yoshida written down. So I thought it must have been difficult for Yoshida to come back into a Premier League side away at Tottenham, and he, I thought he did okay. I thought Bednarik did well, and you know, Bednarik had a game high of six tackles, so mm. I thought he played well. I know the second Spurs goal. You might you, you could say that they were all, but they're all out of shape. So I can't really you can't really give the blame to them for it. But I just think yeah, Bednarik he was okay. Um, but yeah, it was one of those three. I mean, I'll, I'll say Yoshida just to go against you two. Okay. Um, before we move on, Fred, I just want to hear like this is the first time that Saints have actually been to the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. How did how did you how did you make it? Uh, fantastic stadium inside, you know, great view. Uh, uh, but questions and sort of uh, uh, wrongdoings about going through the turnstiles. Apparently, the tech to the turnstiles broke and failed. You think you think a multi-million, sort of almost billion-pound stadium would have the capacity to have a backup plan? So when the tech failed, with the people sort of getting the, using their tickets through the turnstiles, actually just after I got in. Uh, the stewards didn't know what to do. They sort of kept everybody sort of waiting. A lot of people came into the game late. Um, inside the ground, you know, spacious, very good sort of uh, facilities. Of course, the did novelty you get the, did you get the beer. Uh, beer. You, you, have you yeah, seen that? we we we. No, the Kev. Uh, yeah, it was you fun. put the beer at the bottom and it, you click it down and it fills up on the bottom. What's that possible? It's amazing. I have to show you a video. But yeah, <laughs> so Freddie, you you went and got one of these, yeah. Yeah, we shared a, a neck oil. In fact, fantastic beer. They've got on-site brewery too. They've got Beaver Town Brewery on-site too. We shared a beer with the uh, the chaps from the Saints FC podcast. 
Um, and actually, fairly priced. Uh, a lot of football grounds uh, often charge you for £5.50 or nearly £6 for a small bottle. And... Uh, a lot of the uh, a lot of the beers inside the ground yesterday were either four pound four pound or four pound fifty. Yeah, that's not too bad, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. reasonable for for London, I suppose. For a pint yeah. too. Yeah. So I'm just showing Kev the video now. How cool is that? Yeah. I was, I was, I was just stick it on the barrel. Just stick it on, the, on that, and it just like clicks up. It's just whatever you do, do not push heard, the bottom yeah, of the cup. Yeah, if you push the bottom in. up, it just spills <laughs> everywhere. Oh <God>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I actually I listened to your video this morning, Freddie. Your um. The fan that you had on, and um, yeah, yeah. He, he said that on there. So, oh, wow, brilliant. <laughs> um, right, okay. So we look to next week. Chelsea at home, uh, Sunday the sixth of October, two p.m. kickoff. Uh, where do we start with Chelsea, Freddie? Um, you got a good credit to Frank Lampard playing and almost sort of um, risking with a lot of the young players coming through this season. They're on a Transfer embargo, aren't they? Sort of till next year, so he's got no other choice to to field a, a young side. Uh, he's got Tammy Abraham sc- scoring. I think he's got six, seven, seven and yeah, seven. seven. Didn't score. Yeah, didn't score yesterday when I captained in my fantasy team. That's typical. Um, and you've got sort of Mason Mount, the Pompey yeah, yeah, skate yeah. in the middle of the park. Through, yeah. Uh, yeah, it looks good. Um, and a sort of professional win up uh, against Brighton yesterday. Yeah, I think a lot of fans are not giving Abraham a fair shake. I think they've, they've been forced to playing him, but I think he's doing all right. As I say, seven goals mm. in all competitions is good. Um, I looked at their game yesterday with Brighton, um, and it looked like they set up like a you know four-three-three with who was it? They got Abraham, Willian, and Pedro up front, and then they got Barkley, Jorginho, and Mount backing them up. So it's not bad, is it? Um, a few mixed results. They had a big win at Wolves last week, didn't they? Five-two at Wolves, big big win. They obviously started crap, and they lost 4-0 to United. Um, it's going to be a weird one, but I mean, I expect them to be around... Well, where are they now? They're like sixth, aren't they? Yeah, sixth on 11 points of three wins, two draws, two losses. I think that's probably where they're going to finish, something like that. Um, so, yeah. yeah, so I think they're just doing exactly what they are. But that's 7-1. 7-1 mm. Grimsby, yeah, in the week. Forgot about that one. Mm. But, yeah. Um, but how do you think the game's going to go, this one? Uh, we know, it won't be easy, will it? Um, I think this is probably the best opportunity this season to break that top six bracket. Uh, Leicester are there at the moment. West Ham third after seven games, too. Um, and I said at the beginning of the season, Chelsea and Man United, both inexperienced managers, both unproven to some extent, and probably underqualified for their job. Uh, but Chelsea look like they're clicking at the moment, um, scoring some good goals, working the ball quite well. Frank Lampard seems to have got some good ideas. Obviously got to the playoffs with Derby last season, just fell short. But a uh, big job for, for an in- inexperienced manager. Uh, obviously, Tammy Abraham's going to be a danger man, so uh, keep an eye on him. I think we need to have an organised defence too. But equally, I guess we've got nothing to fear. But we need to try and take points off these top, top six sides. Uh, I think we right, failed yeah. to take... We- yeah, exactly. I mean, last season we got a win at home against Arsenal and Tottenham Hotspur. Last, I mean, last season away from home, we only got sort of one point, and that was at Chelsea. So it can be done. We just need to stay organised, um, keep our eye on the sort of bre- behind the, the line sort of runs or Tammy, Tammy Abraham dropping in deep. William will be dangerous on that left, cutting in on, on his right foot, and equally on his right, cutting in on the left. I, I'm, I'm going to ask you a prediction, but I'm kind of guessing that you're going to say we're going to get something out of this. No, I think it's going to be oh, an away win to, to burst the bubble. Sorry, I thought you were going to stay for a draw. Yeah. You're going to say, you're going to say a draw. No, 
Um, I, I built it up so much, didn't I? Just, yeah. to, just to fall us all down. Um, we, we need to target this game, though. I think it, I think Chelsea might just have a little bit too much for us. So be tight, and maybe one goal either way. Kev? Um, I, I also think that uh, they're going to get on top of us. Um, I'm going to say 2-1 Chelsea. I, I've actually got 2-1 Chelsea written down, but I was tempted to put 1-1, and I was like, there's a part of me thinking... What am, I, what am I thinking? They're not going to get. They're not going to get one one. But then hearing Freddie, I'm just like, yeah, I'm going to go one one. But now I don't know. Uh, I had two one because you've gone two one. Fuck it. Yeah, we're going to get a draw out of this. We're going to go one one. Okay. I'm going to go one one. Mm. All right. Yeah. I, I mean, I wasn't expecting much from Chelsea this season at all. But they they do seem like a, a good formidable young side and um, the, the camaraderie and the, um, and the way they play together. Yeah. It's just, yeah, something I'm quite jealous of, to be honest. And look, if we get a point out of this game, it's eight points from eight. So, fairly solid start, but not pulling up any trees just yet. Yeah, where are we, well, I mean, where are we sitting right now? 14. 14th drops of it, yeah, seven yeah. points. Yeah. And it's just the fixtures that are coming up that are, bo- that are bothering me. I mean, we've got, what's it, so we've got Chelsea next week. You've got, not, not including the cup games, of course, we've got Chelsea, we've got Wolves, um, and mm. then there's Leicester. Leicester. I'll be going to that game, by the way, Kev. Um, it's a Friday night one, isn't it? So I'll be going to that one. Yeah, so I, I really do think we need to pick up all these points now because I don't want to mm. be bottom of the league come the end of October. And it, it does look like we're going to be heading that way. I don't think so. Watford are uh, uh, way off the mark at the moment. There's no chance we'll be bottom terrible, by October. Yeah. No, around the bottom, I mean, just like fighting. But yeah. Mm. It is important that we do pick up points at home too. You know, we've got to make this place into a fortress. If we manage to beat Chelsea, you know, who's to say that we can't push on? And I think we also need to look at the two fixtures beyond that. Wolves away winnable fixture wasn't winnable last season. They were on a march. Uh, but Wolves are almost hindered by their Europa League uh, campaign true, at the moment. Yeah. And then and then Leicester, they're flying. But equally, Friday night, yeah. you know, it's going to be a home. Everyone's going to be up for it, finish work, a couple of beers in their belly. And hopefully the, the team, the, the fans can get behind the team. Absolutely, that's good. Like no, po- nice positive thoughts because <laughs> I'm feeling all negative at the moment. <laughs> right, um, we got the Matla quiz. Woo-hoo. Oh yes. Uh, um, nice. Are you ready? Let's okay. go. Question number one: Who was the club's top scorer in the 1998-99 season? Was it James Beattie, Matt Letizia, or Egil Oshinstad? Uh, Austin's bad. Well done. One point. All right. That's my second question. Who replaced Dave Jones as manager? Oh, was it? It's one or two. It's oh, what's his name? It's Gray or Wiggly? Either or. It was Glenn Hoddle. It was Glenn Hoddle. Yeah. Was it Hoddle? Oh no! Unbelievable. <laughs> okay. That's one, but one after. Yeah. Uh, question three. Last season, Manolo Gabbiadini left to join which club? Sampdoria. points. Excellent. Question four. I name the teams, you name the players. So, Benfica, okay. Crystal Palace, Saints, West Ham, and Dalian Yifang. Uh, Jose Font. Yeah, well, yeah, well done. Went to Lille. And he went to Lille, yeah. Um, so, yeah, what's that? Three. That's three so far. Right, three okay. Points. So, who am I? Remember, only one, one guess. So, it's okay. two for three points. Born in Blackburn in October 1976, was released by his youth club, Blackburn Rovers, and played as a semi-professional for Accrington Stanley. Brett Elmerod. Oh, 
done. So I said he'd get it on the first clue, <laughs> didn't I? Uh, well done. So that was a seven. Yeah. So you are now the right. in the lead. Yeah. Yippee. So yeah, you, yeah, I think Barry and Dan were on the lead at the moment with six, weren't they? Dan Rideout and Barry Godwin with six. But yeah, well done, seven. I should have got the hoddle question though, unbelievable. Yeah, it does, I mean, it does trick you. I think <laughs> as well, didn't it? Yeah. No, oh, no, that's one, one you got. got yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, nice one. Um, we got our usual shitty questions for you. Um, okay, so um, would you rather wear a Pompey shirt every day for five <laughs> years or uh, spend ten years in a haunted house? Haunted house. I don't believe in ghosts. Okay. What if but. the uh, ghosts were a form of Pompey players? Shout play <laughs> Pompey all night. Let's stop you from sleeping. Oh, that would drive me insane. Does that change it at all? And you got that cock in with a the bell there as well. Oh, God, imagine that bell going through the night. He's your butler. He's your butler. Crikey. It just makes me feel dirty <laughs> even trying to consider but wearing I, a shirt. I mean, I, I took the shirt. Because I know you could turn it inside out and you could put a jacket on over the top of it. So yeah, I'd mm. do that. I, don't, I can't live for ten years in that. In that. <laughs> um, the second question: uh, Would you rather be twice the height of Peter Crouch or half the height of Lionel Messi? So yeah, Peter Crouch. That'd be so impractical. You wouldn't be able to walk anywhere. Your balance would be off place. You'll be sort of. You'd be in an extra time zone. I'd say. You know, uh, how tall is Peter Six Crouch? Six seven. foot seven. So you say yeah, double the height of Crouch. <laughs> How impractical is that? <laughs> but then, but then Lionel Messi's only five foot seven, so it's yeah, foot. it's like a three-year-old or, or a two-year-old walking around. Or, or as they say, yeah, a dwarf. It's smaller than a dwarf. Yeah. Is it okay? Kind of like it's like this, isn't it? Oh, you can't see me, but well, I think as uh, one of your chaps said a few weeks ago, at least you got some practicalities of being a dwarf. You could buy children's clothes. Yeah, yeah, yeah I suppose. <laughs> But I, I mean, I'd take the Howie Crouch because I, I would make it as an NBA centre. I'd just live <laughs> under that rim or over the rim, as it were, and then just, yeah. You're going to have a brilliant yeah. career as a jockey if you're half the height of Messi. That is true. That is oh, true. yes. Um, another question I want to ask, I'm just going to start asking everyone this. It's not Saints-related, but I just, I'm just interested to know, as a football fan, what you would go for, Skulls or Gerrard? Skulls. Oh, nice. Nice. How come? Yeah. Uh, well, he was written off early in his career, wasn't he? So it was too short, too weak, uh, too small to play in the United sort of team years ago. And then he came back, worked hard, got his breakthrough, scored some fantastic goals that Matt Letizia would be proud of. Uh, you know, some some great volleys. You know, Gerrard's missed the captain for Liverpool, but a lot of sort of world class players in their prime, in their sort of retirement, they say the best player that they've ever played against is Paul Paul's goals. Nice, and he's not a scouser. <laughs> no, and he's short, and he's, he's also short. Half the height of Messi, but <laughs> and he's ginger as well, and he's uh, very down to earth as well. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm pleased you said that because I think that is three to Skulls and one to Gerard. And I actually did say at the end of the season, Gerard's going to probably win it, but Skulls has had a good head start. So that's good. Um, I think that's about it. Kev, is there anything else that you wanted to add? I think we've covered everything. Yeah, I think we have. It's been yeah, excellent having you on here, so away day correspondent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Thanks, thanks for coming on on a on a busy Sunday for you. So yeah, I have some trivia for oh, you two today. Wow. Actually, okay, go on then. Okay, here's here's a bonus. So this actually sort of featured on our show, on our radio show on Saturday mornings too. So I've got four clues okay. for you. All right, it's always a a player that has played for Southampton, 
you've got to guess, got to guess who oh it is. God, right, okay. right? Tables have turned. So, you f- <laughs> okay, here we go. So your first clue is this midfielder started his career at West Ham. Is that, all we're, get, is that all we're getting? That's the first clue. So you can have a little guess if you want, or you can say, pass me the second one. career at West Ham, Saints midfielder. Just, I've got no idea of the year. It could be anybody, <laughs> couldn't it? I can't give I can't give the year away just yet because oh, it makes it too easy. I don't know if it will. Uh, do you want the second clue? I think I'm going to have to. Yeah. All right. He had 43 appearances and one goal for Southampton. 43 appearances and one goal. Can I need that year? Is <laughs> <laughs> oh. Robbie Slater play for West Ham? No, he was at Blackburn, wasn't he? Robbie Spencer. Spencer was never. Uh, no, he was. He come from Sweden, didn't he? Yeah. Only forty. Any guesses? Yeah, that's not many, is it? That's about yeah. seasons worth, isn't it? Mm. He was only here for a season, unless he was. Was he a loanee? I don't know. We've got, we've got more questions than answers at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Twenty-third clue. So he made his debut versus Sheffield Wednesday. Okay, so if this is a Lee, we're talking like 90s. I'm getting it wasn't a cup because we never played them in the cup, have we? Fucking hell, this is a, this is this is terrible, <laughs> terrible podcasting. <laughs> Just yeah. uh, well, we are thinking, we are like, um, okay, debut for Sheffield Wednesday. No, I've got nothing, Kev. I've got nothing. I'm going away from what I had. So I'll give you a little bonus clue here as well. It's an obscure 90s Saints midfielder. I think it might be. Obscure. Yeah. Do you want your fourth clue? Can we have a sixth clue? <laughs> I've got some uh, more yeah, clues, keep, yeah. Keep, keep going. <laughs> not, not there. Right. Fourth clue then, official fourth clue. He signed from Spurs in 1993. Uh, right, so this is... <laughs> Richard Hall was a defender, wasn't he? So it's not Richard Hall when he played. Was it, was it, no, was it Richard Hall? No, he wasn't. Nope. He was a defender, wasn't he? Richard Hall was a centre-back. Um, Go on, keep going then. <laughs> what, me? <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, 93, so it would have been... The only part... So it'd be Ian, Ian Bramford. Yeah, Ian Bramford. So it would have been like Glenn Cockrell, Barry Horn. No, Barry... He was in yeah, that Barry team, was, was, but... No, he was Everton, right? No, he went to Everton. He wasn't a teammate with Glenn Cockerells for very Terry long. Hallard, Do you need another Madison. clue? I'm just going through the team. No, no, hmm. wasn't that. Nicky Banger? No, he was a local boy, wasn't he? Fucking hell, this is awful. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just say that right. I had a couple of beers as well? So. Oh, I'm reasonable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go on, ne- next clue. Sorry. Okay, he signed for Saints for a £550,000 fee. That doesn't help me. <laughs> oh, my God. Obscure 90s midfielders. No, it was a little bit... So, when he when he was at Saints, it was almost his twilight of his so career. So, he would have been ending, ending his career at Saints. So, he never went anywhere after that. Oh, he, he did, did go yes. somewhere after That'd that. Be ne- that. That's your next clue, in fact. Oh. David Hughes? He was at West Ham. Not... Not quite. I'm quickly running out of clues, oh, by the way. Awful. <laughs> <laughs> it's not much of a well for us to tap here. Um, all right. One more clue, if you've got it. <laughs> right. After Saints, other clubs include Luton, oh, Stoke, out. Swindon, Bristol City and Millwall. Oh, that's a long playing career, then. So, uh, yeah, so he had sort of three or four more years left in him after Southampton. I've got two more then. <laughs> all right. 
I'm making them up okay, as we go along. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right, he scored his only goal for Saints in a 3-1 victory against Blackburn in 1994. <laughs> we, we suck. We suck. He also uh, appeared in the 1980 Cup Final for West Ham. Oh, now that's miles before. That was before I was even born. <laughs> <laughs> Cousin of Clive oh, Allen. God, was it? Um, I was thinking Paul Allen, but no, is it Paul Allen? It was Paul, Paul Allen. Allen, right? Okay. I didn't realize. Oh hey, my hey, God! Of <laughs> Why didn't you say that after the first clue? <laughs> I, did, I, didn't, I, I didn't realize it was that obscure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Trust me, I've got more of these where they come from. That was really, really poor on our behalf, not yours. Oh my God! <laughs> well, we just had a taste of our own medicine there. Oh, totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we should cut this quiz out of us. <laughs> Oh, brilliant! No, thanks, thanks for that. It's really, really made me think. Cut this section from the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe cut the guesses that I had. Yeah, just, just a little bit. Um, (laughs) just edit it so that you (laughs) after the first first clue. (laughs) Yeah, you give me the first clue, and I'd be like Paul Allen, wouldn't it? (laughs) Just cut the bit. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Right. Anyway, thank you very much for coming on, Freddie, and thanks for that. That's that's amazing. Up on the same no side. problem. So really good to speak to you again, yeah, as always. And we'll have to get together again for another pint. Um, yeah, another pod has pissed good, up, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you're, Kevin, you're back over, you'll be back for the Palace game, Palace I believe, game, over yeah. Christmas. So, yeah, if you're around for that one, Freddie, we'll have to do a massive meet-up. Palace, that's in between yeah, Christmas and New Year. Yeah. So, yeah. As long as it stays on yeah. the 28th, yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, thank you once again, and we'll speak to you soon. Great stuff. Cheers, Cheers chaps. Thanks. Hi, I'm Matt Letizier, and thank you for listening to In That Number. Okay, welcome back to the Extra Time segment. Um, I'm going to start off with the predictions. We both predicted a Saints win over Pompey, so that left it 14-8 to you. Yeah, um, and then the Spurs won. So I went 3-1 Spurs and you went 2-0. So both pretty close, just right in the middle. But So that left it 16-10. So that's where it currently stands, 16-10 to you. Okay. Uh, and Super 6, uh, there was two. Because we had a, the round 10 in the week. was The weekly winner was Jason Lewis with 13 points, um, which left the overall lead with Tony Randall on 80. And then Saturday's round 11... Jason Lewis again with 19, but he was also joined by Jay Phillips. So Tony Lewis, uh, Tony Lewis, Jason Lewis and Jay Phillips on 19 in the week, which left the overall scores as it stands right now is Stuart White in the lead on 94 points. So yeah, that's um that's good. Not too good for me, but yeah, well done. Uh, fantasy football, Kev. Yeah, um, I had a fairly reasonable week considering I didn't have a chance to. Uh, touch my squad at all. Touch your what? Touch my squad. Uh, hey. 43 points. Um, Matt Target, who's been injured all season, uh, came out off the bench with nine points. Uh, but yeah, didn't get into my squad, unfortunately. Unlucky. Uh, yeah. And how about you, Roy? Right, okay. So, first of all, I will say something about yours. So you got four, You say you've got 43 points. Um Romeo would have scored you more points than David Silva, and you had him on the bench. Yeah. Romeo, obviously. By the way, that's really brave of you to put, you know, the card machine that is Romeo in your team. Are you kind of, do you feel like you have to because of your team name? You have said that, yeah, that I have to have Romeo in it. 
and you have to have uh, Shea Adams in yours. Yeah, I did have Shea Adams in mine. Of course, we all know how he did. <laughs> um, I have to rethink that. Um, yeah, not so good for me this week, but, but I mean, 29 points so far. However, I have got Schmeichel to play, and he's currently on a clean sheet against Newcastle as we record. Um, I've got Wan-Bissaka and Daniel James to play against Arsenal on Monday night. So hopefully something will happen there. But I've had a lot of injuries in my squad. I mean, Jennifer and Rashford are out. So Adams had to go in, um, and he didn't even make the Ralph Hasn it was bench. So no points for me there. And pretty much I need Wan-Bissaka to get a goal and a clean sheet because I had Ake on my bench yet again, and he scored five. Right. Um, my bench in total scored nine from two players. So, yeah, really, really bad. Freddie, I guess for this week, um, it's had a fairly shocking week so far. This is what points. he said, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, Joshua King on the bench. Oh dear. Yeah. Um, this week's winner. This, well, I mean, out of the um, Saints podcasters, I mean, John Bailey's just running, running away with this, but I have climbed up above uh, you I and, and Freddie. And uh, Matt Markstein from the Southampton Delivery Podcast is doing rather well. In, in, indeed, yeah, he's only about 50 points behind um, the Saints FC podcast. Um, but yeah, the In That Number podcast league with a huge number <laughs> of members um, it was still dominated by Deportivo Handlebar. Um, 61 so far this week with a total of 455. But the, this week's winner was Gordon Sloan um, with his team Bar Bar. Um, on 63 this week so okay nice one Gordon and our fantasy league manager of the month for this September is amazingly uh, Matt Markson from the Southampton Delivery Podcast with 180 in September so yeah congratulations that gold trophy's on its way to California well done mate Um, before we go into the where am I, I just wanted to say that I had an email from someone this week saying about um, your sexy voice Kev I don't know what she's talking about. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I can see you flashing. <laughs> um, the cigar came in handy last night. <laughs> okay, so where am I? Are you ready? No, not after what Freddie's just done to us. But uh... <laughs> Okay, right. Where am I? Location, east. East. So it could be northeast, it could be east Anglia. It could be... Uh... I'm going to say stay away from southeast. That is the one I'm going to give you. Okay. City. It's not. Good guess. Um, population of 39,000. Quite, that's quite small. Um, 39,000 in the east. Um, what are the rules out the east? I mean, Darlington, maybe? Good guess. Not right. Um, stadium capacity, 9,000. 9,000. Um, Yorkshire kind of counts as east and Lincolnshire as well Grimsby Town spot on oh. well done <laughs> well done well done indeed yeah I was um, torn there I mean I actually thought it was a little bit more north than that so I was going to say north east and I realised it was like Lincolnshire mm. but it's Cleethorpes and I thought ah so if I said like north oh, sorry yeah like east Yorkshire you're probably going to get it so I didn't really want to give you too much so I just said east but yeah um, nickname the Mariners, local rivals, Lincoln City or Scunthorpe. I don't know, it depends who you, depends who you ask. Um, stadium, have a stab. Um, is it Jones's Whippet Food Stadium? 
close. It's Blundell Park. <laughs> Very close. But yeah, um, again, really, really good effort, Kev. You seem to be uh, be nailing this. And actually, when I started this segment, I said we we're going to keep score of it, but I have not been doing that whatsoever. So just pride. You've been doing well. Yeah, I'm going to have to think of a, a, a similar feature for you. Let, no, let, we don't need to do that. <laughs> Again, we saw what Freddie just did to us. So. Yes. <laughs> um, is there anything else you want to add this week? Um, we could have a Russian phrase. How about you say from Russia with love? Okay. Okay, so yeah, from Russia with love would be Izrasi Slubovyu. Izrasi Slubovyu. That's very good. Izrasi Slubovyu. Oh, thank you. I've been doing my, doing a little bit of Russian this morning. Ah, yeah. What have you learned today? Um, just the basics at the start. I was just doing like where is, where am, she is, there is, stuff like that. But yeah, it's um it's a slow process, but I'll uh, I'll keep at it and I'll be doing like I mean I've, I've committed to like ten minutes a day or something like that. So I'll just do that and see we see where I am in in December. Yeah, in Vladivostok. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. Next week we have Robbie from at Edit Southampton, or just Edit Southampton, um, and we have a Wolves preview with Talking Wolves. So yeah, looking forward to that one. Um, uh, on that note, up the Saints. Scum. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.